listener. Welcome back to Serendipity City. This week, we've got a shorter episode as we finish the first day of Vex and Charlie's investigation efforts. The story so far is that a druid came to the crew looking for help with a problem in the sacred grove. Then Vex and Charlie went to Vex's apartment where she performed a spell looking for the source of the problem. They discovered that the source of the issue is magical and probably comes from a specific type of curse. Then transformed Charlie into an incognito kitty and went to a magical marketplace, where Vex charmed an alchemist into telling her about an initiation that just so happened to take place that night. They went back to the speakeasy to gather up their arms and then headed to the location that Vex had been given, which is where we pick up with them today. Also, just a quick reminder that the Indiegogo to fund the second season of my audio drama Unplaced still has a few days left. If you want to support an indie audio drama that deals with queerness and visibility and mental illness, head to the link in the description and find out what you can get for backing. All right, without further ado, let's start the episode. We're on our way to the the place and I'm talking to him. I'm like, so Dolores told me that either, you know, there's a fire escape, but I don't know how noisy that is. Or I take a look around. Maybe we'll see like there's an abandoned building like across the street or something somewhere for you to look at. What do you feel comfortable with? I, you know, I like to be across the street. I'd like to be across the street. You know, I, I blend in well. So um, do you want to be across the street or in one of the adjacent buildings? Because what Dolores specifically said was what one of the buildings one next of the building, to it would yeah. be empty. She did not say anything about the buildings across the street. So you could check that out and see how it does. But the buildings that will for sure be empty and are abandoned are the ones on either side of it. And also you got that egg. So I want you to be like a, literally a stone's throw away. <laughs> An egg's throw. So sure. Uh, let me check it out. All right. I'm assuming you're not going to park the motorcycle right there, right? Like you're probably going to park a couple blocks away and sort of scope it out. I mean, I think I'll probably drop him off, but I don't see why I couldn't park my, like if they're, I'm, I'm the, I'm purportedly there for a reason. So. Yes. Okay. So um, she drops you off a couple blocks away and you sort of walk through the streets and you basically see what I described to her earlier. This is like sort of a, it's a rundown neighborhood. Some of the buildings like... Some of the buildings are in better shape than others. Some of them are, like, condemned, like, falling down, like, roofs are caving in. Some of them are, like, in perfectly fine shape, like, a little shabby chic, but not bad. And then some of them look, like, kind of dilapidated, but aren't super awful. So as you sort of, like, scope out this block that this specific building is on that you you can see Vex, like, approaching it, there's, like, two buildings on either side of it. One of them has, like the front door has been boarded over, but it's been boarded over in such a way, like you can tell by looking at the boards, you know how when boards are nailed down and then like you can pull them up and then like, if you're really careful, put them back in place and it like sort of looks like it's still boarded up, but it's not really, they're like loose boards. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them is clearly abandoned. Like you can get inside if you want the other one. You're not sure. Let's say the one that's on the east side. The building that um, Vex is in is like right here. The abandoned building is right here. There's also a fire escape on this side. Do you want to scope out the abandoned building or look across the street or... Does the fire escape face the east side? Is that is that or is that like the one that faces the east side building? Yeah. So the fire escape um, is, like in, is like by the abandoned building. Okay, so I'd say the abandoned building because... I want to be where I get the best view. And if I'm on the east side and the sun is setting in the west, I'm going to have, I'm going to be like in the, in the shadow of the sun. So I will have the best view into the building earliest. Okay. So, um, I I feel like it's pretty much nighttime now because I think it's supposed to be like when the moon is full. 
or the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. That's some old. I mean, what what do you think? What time is it? It's probably like it's let's say it's like twilightish. It's like in that weird stage where the moon is starting to rise, and you can like you can clearly tell what the moon phase is if you know that sort of but shit. There's still sunlight. Yeah, but there's still some sunlight, and the street lights are starting to come on and flickering. You can see the fireflies. What does it look like for Charles to go into this? Like, what are, what do you do when faced with this building and deciding to? do your stake out there okay so really easily i just kind of i look at the doors look at some windows i find something i can pry up with my pocket knife as every gentleman should have a pocket knife right pocket knife in my purse right so i find a little spot wiggle my way in if, if at all possible find a place to wiggle my way in and then i'm gonna find uh the staircase i'm gonna take that those steps one by one and see if the staircase doesn't fall beneath me there's dust everywhere. I'm trying to find like a middle level. I'm not trying to get to the very top because I need to get down quick. But I also need to be able to see all the floors of the adjacent building, which is probably about the same size. Yes, kind of they're both mid-rise. three-story buildings. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to want to be in the second story. So if I'm going to have to shoot from like shoot to the roof or shoot to the third story or shoot to the floor, I need to be in like a central location. Mm-hmm. So that's what Charles is doing while you are walking up. There is on either side of the door. So on one side of the door, there's someone wearing like one of those, one of the fancy cloaks that we described earlier. There's also like someone who isn't like as dressed up and you can see on their holster that they have like something that would clearly mark them as a magic user, which might be a wand or like a collapsible staff like you have or something like it might just be runes on the belt, but they also have a gun on their belt and they're sort of like, they're clearly the security runes again runes again i'm sort of using runes as like a catch-all for like no i know i know i'm just uh, talking about the megalopolis megalopolis metropolis the the, yeah the metagolem metropolis megagolem megagolem okay so Um, there's a dude in a robe a security guy yes you can see people are sort of they're not very many people but like you see someone like before you go in talk to the guy in the cloak and like after a short exchange they get like a pat down and then they go inside. Um, so they are checking for people for weapons and you approach and the guy who's the like magic, uh, magic user sort of, uh, looks you over and is like, he says, hi, uh, can I get your, can I get your name and your sponsor? Hail and well met. My name is Sheila and my sponsor is Eli. I've actually done a couple of like personal things with him. So I think I'm going to re- be really good in this personal like- sessions. <laughs> not things he kind of like blinks and then he says oh uh eli hasn't sent anyone our way in a while why don't you he says i show a lot of promise (laughs) vex continues to lay it on thick um roll with mind you're so gifted vex it's very good i gotta use my talents roll with mind yes this is a mislead distractor trick 11 okay (laughs) fucking a gloria I really like these dice. <laughs> no, I'm, you can look at it. There's a six and a four, and I have a one. I literally look just like, she's fucking with us now. <laughs> so, I, so I will have, like, you're going to get in. In addition to that, on an unmitigated success, you're supposed to get three off of this list. So, like, let me know what you want. It's create an opportunity, expose a weakness or flaw, confuse them for some time, or avoid further, further entanglement. I get three of those? Yes. Okay, well, what was the first one? Create an opportunity. That one. Okay, so create an opportunity. I do want to avoid further entanglement. Okay. I don't know what conf- 
confusing them would do other than confusing them to believing me so I think so what this would look like let's say so create an opportunity and avoid further entanglement both of them are pretty straightforward like this guy is not going to come in like if you fail a roll in 10 minutes this guy is it's it's not going to be with this guy um, this guy isn't going that's that's not going to affect this for expose a weakness or flaw i think that that would be something that you could show charles i don't know what that would look like in the fiction but that would be like i think that the thing that is this w- the guy in the robe or the guy with the gun this is the guy in the robe okay to you. yeah let's do that one. okay so exposing a weakness or flaw the windows are not normally open but it's a warm summer night so the windows are open and do i get an something to help her later like a like a thing can i can i have some input or no um yeah yeah i'm open to input if you have input for a weakness or flaw like with this group of people that would help you later help you help her help me help you yeah help me help maybe that it's on the second floor that we go to so he has a very clear yeah we can do that we can do it's actually yeah i could have that conversation and i could be like or the conversation takes place on a veranda but i'm going inside this is just the first conversation yeah, we want and we want an opportunity for later when I'm inside. So maybe we have a conversation. And I'm like, so uh, where are we going? Are we going to the first floor, or the second floor, or the third floor? And I'm like, doing this, and then oh. and then he tells me, and I go, Oh, I see. You're giving me second. hand signals. Yeah, there you go. very clever. Okay, yes. For the listeners at home, as Gloria was doing that, she was holding up one, two, or three fingers. So yeah, so you're like, oh, cool. Uh, where are we going? And he's like, oh, um, there will be drinks on the first floor, and then we are going to go to the second floor for the assessment within the next 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, so we're going to the first floor, and she holds up a finger, and then she says, and then in 10 minutes, we're going to the second floor. And Charles sees all of your hand signals very clearly, and he knows exactly what they mean. I see. One, ten, two. Wait, is that 50? Wait, (laughs) wait, what's happening? Oh, first floor, ten minutes, then second floor. Fantastic. I hope she can hold it together for ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, so um, you go inside, and What was the opportunity? Creating oper- well, what would you like the opportunity to be, actually? After I tell him that, you know, Eli sent me, he's like, wow, like, you're going to be head of the class. So he's, like, got this, like, I, like he told, like he has an idea yeah. that I'm going to be, like, special. So that actually, yeah. I get access. Kind of, can, I could get access in the future, maybe. I think that that makes sense. Let's say, like, he's so wowed by you being a referral from Eli that on any future roles with him, you're going to get advantage. Hell Yeah. So, um, yeah, so you go inside and it's like sort of a posh, like sitting room type situation. There's those like fancy lounge couches. There's somebody, there's like some wait staff bringing around cocktails, like whiskey sours and gin rickies. A gin ricky is like a, yeah, a gin ricky is like an old drink though. That's like old as A lemon ricky is a drink too. You know, for sure. Yeah. I've never heard of a gin ricky, but sure. Yeah. I drink, but only socially. (laughs) I want to keep my wits about me. Yes. So you um, you take a drink and like just are sort of doing that thing where you're like drinking so that you're not the only one not drinking and you're kind of making conversation with everyone else. Um, I'm not going to make you roll again for that here. So you go like you're mingling. Um, there's a bunch of different people. Um, there's like like an older person who you know how people like get get a massive passion like in their midlife crisis and mm-hmm. this is clearly that for that person so they're like overdressed they're trying really hard um they're coming off as kind of a pompous ass there's like a couple of younger people it's just like a good mix of ages and in general there's a couple of people who are really pretentious there are some people who are super earnest um 
nobody comes off as like an asshole right off right out the gate like aside from the pretentiousness but nobody's like immediately super rude or snotty Mm -hmm. after a couple minutes they somebody comes in the room and does like and is like all right all right attention um attention please uh if you if we can get you to just proceed to the second floor we can start your tests okay i go to the second floor and in my head i'm like god i hope that charlie understood what i was saying charlie over in your building you see them all file through to the second floor and i'm Um, like oh i knew it second floor (laughs) and it's only been 10 minutes (laughs) (laughs) you check your watch which is perfectly on time charles you were observing all of this from the other thing um you have like a really clear picture of what's going on so vex um once you all file into the room like there's like a row of tables in the back of this room and the same person who gave the instructions downstairs is like, okay, so the first part, um, the first thing is a written exam. So we are going to pass this out and this is fairly basic information. Um, just fill it out with the pencils that you are given. And, uh, if you have any questions about the proper way to fill it out, let us know. Otherwise you have 20 minutes and they like start a timer at the front of the room um started like a stopwatch a big stopwatch thingy and uh pass out the tests so will you roll me um 2d6 plus mind and you do have advantage that's a seven okay like everybody finishes their tests you were kind of sweating on a couple questions but like you feel like you did mostly okay everyone finishes their tests and then hand them in they go into another room like the person who uh gave the instructions collects all the tests and then walks into like another room for a couple of minutes and comes back and is like good news you all passed which is usually the case some of you did better than others but you all received at least the minimum score to proceed so for this next part we are going to give you a hands-on exam you will be given a sapphire and you will be asked to change it into a diamond their mineral structures are relatively similar so this is not that hard and if you have any questions again let us know it doesn't matter which specific method you choose to make this happen as long as you get to the right end result and you will have 30 minutes to complete this task and so they start the timer again and then hand them out they're you know they're not like big shiny gems this is no titanic stuff but you get like a little sapphire for this one will you roll me 2d6 plus spirit and we'll do it with advantage as well that is an eight and a four all right so with an eight you do get it done, but you get it done like just under the timeline. For this one, there are like one or two people who are disqualified. Um, like one of them is one of the like older people. They are visibly disappointed, but kind of like like nod and take it okay. Um, one of the younger people who's probably like 18 or something actually like bursts into tears and is very upset and has to be like escorted out of the room. Um, what but- a baby. <laughs> I whisper that to whoever's next to me. Uh, they like look at you and they're like yeah i know right that was so easy i mean it wasn't that easy but (laughs) yeah so there's like at this point there's probably five people like five or six people left in the room and the person comes back to the front of the room the same person who's been doing all the announcements and it's like all right so since you've got past the first two tests there is one more test before you can become a full initiate and start attending um, training at our guild. This one is a one-on-one interview. You will be interviewing with one of our elders and he sort of like gestures to the side and you can tell based on the appearance of these people that elder is like a 
ceremonial title, sort of like those churches that say like brother or sister, those creepy, creepy churches. <laughs> because some of these, there's like one or two people that are older, but there's several people that are like not that old. Rubies and sapphire are the same mineral. I know. That's why I almost said ruby. And then I was like, no, because that would just be a color change. They're the same structure minerally. That's right. Rubies are red and sapphires encompass all the other colors. So if you have a red sapphire, it's a ruby. Exactly. And, but like sapphires are one of the hardest gemstones next to diamond. So they're hexagonal. They're the hexagonal and like in, um, in molecular construct, which is like really close to diamond. Diamonds are all carbon whereas if you think about it probably there's going to be some type of inclusion of some other type of some some other element that's going to dictate the color yeah. of a sapphire or a ruby i used to be like super into rocks when i was a kid so i kind of bs that but i also Same. knew like a lot Same. of it already the things that come up later in life so <laughs> why don't you roll just to see like which instructor you get why don't you just like roll me like a straight 2d6 eight okay so the person that you get is um, older, like older than you, but not like old, old, like probably like early 40s um, A woman. Her hair is back in a loose bun. She's got glasses. Um, she's wearing one of the fancy robes with the gold insignia on it. Uh, but her like body language is relatively friendly. So um, you get paired up with her and you go off to like towards the back of the room. There's little like cubicle set up, kind of like how there's cubicles when you vote. But they've got like slightly thicker walls so that you can't hear as much from the other interviews. And she's like, all oh, right. So the first two were more about technical skill. I'm going to talk about some of the, um, I'm going to ask you some technical questions related to, you know, the, the magical arts, but mostly I'm curious why it is that you want to join us. Like what is making you want to uh, investigate the finer arts of alchemy? I really just feel like the most important part of what any magic user does is really that blend with science. And I want to become closer to that. And I want to really unfurl the mysteries of the universe through science and magic both. And I think that you can't be a really great magic user if you don't understand how close they are to each other. Right, right. Yeah. She's like totally like digging this. Um, (laughs) This is like... (laughs) It's so weird hearing Vex say these things. Yeah. Um, And she's like, Oh, the whole time in her head, she's like, this is such bullshit. (laughs) The other part of interviews. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Tell us about your greatest weakness. (laughs) Tell, yeah. What would you do in this situation? Tell us about a time that you've resolved an issue while simultaneously furthering the culture of the company. (laughs) Y'all are giving me fucking like PTSD, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, so like the conversation goes on for a couple of minutes and she's like, mostly you're doing a really good job of sucking up. Um, she's like asking about how long you've been using magic, which is like a while. Um, she's asking about like your other areas of interest. Like actually, yeah, I would like to hear Vex's answer for that. So, so what are your, your other magical areas of interest aside from, aside from alchemy? I really like enchantment. I like enchanting things. I think that Um, You know, that kind of goes hand in hand with alchemy because I am working with 
elements here, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm building on that. So I think that goes really hand in hand. I'm also just very interested in potions and how those interact with each other. So another kind of sciencey side to magic. <laughs> this is great. She's like, yeah, yeah. And then, so after she asks you a couple questions, um, she's just like eating this up. Uh, she's like, so, and do you have any, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. I mean, I'm so excited to be a part of the guild if you choose me. But also just this is kind of my first uh, foray into joining an organization. Can you tell me a little bit about how the organization is set up? Do you have like an org chart? And if I were to be accepted, how can I work my way up through the ranks over time, you know, after I've built my foundation, obviously? I just want to see what the future holds for me. Yeah. So why don't you um, roll with mine for this? Eight. Um, But with advantage, nine. Okay. Yeah. So she kind of like stops for a second. This is probably not a question that she gets asked very often. Um, But up until this point, you've been doing well enough that she doesn't think that oddly of it. She's like, yeah. um, So there's only so much I can tell you as someone who is not yet initiated. Um, But what we generally do is we put people applying to be initiates through these tests. And then once they pass the three tests, they can become full initiates. And then they are initiates for depending on the student, because it does depend on how well they do um, nine to 12 months approximately. And once they become full on members after that, they can sort of work their way up through the ranks. And there's, you know, there's several ranks that you can get to after that, but you're not a full member until approximately a year after you become an initiate. That sounds awesome. Like I'm definitely up to working my way up. Is there any like you know, I know that there's a whole lot of different facets of alchemy. Are there any like concentrations or extra groups that I could join once I'm once I'm involved? Once you become a full member after the initiate, we do have several schools of magic underneath alchemy. Um, we have people who are working with elemental alchemy. We have people who are working with more traditional alchemy. Um, we have people who are working with members of other magical schools. Um and she pauses in this like way that's kind of suspicious. Like you should take note of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have people who are working with members of other magical schools. Um, and yeah, we have people who are working with just alchemy in many different ways. We're not really trying to do the, tri- we're not trying to stick to traditional alchemy, you know, um, lead into gold, that kind of thing. We're really more interested in being on the cutting edge and really pushing it to see um, what we can do and just sort of how we can take the forces that are around us in the natural world and turn it into something that's useful um, for us and for society. Is there a school that's like focused on, you know, instead of like hard elements, but more like, I don't know, nature. I'm kind of, I'm kind of a crunchy girl. So I really like, you know, trees and things like that. Is there a school that's like specifically kind of oriented around that rather than, you know, for example, turning a sapphire into a diamond? Um, She thinks for a second and she's like, well, we don't really have a school. We have, you know, we have people who work with like the elemental side of magic, um, the elemental side of alchemy, uh, blending the elemental magics and alchemy, but we don't really have uh, people who work with trees specifically. We do have, 
And she pauses and like thinks for a moment and is like tapping her finger on the side of her face. And she's like, I know we do have at least one member that's, that was previously very strongly associated with the Druids. Um, I'm not sure how that influences her alchemy though. But um, once you were an initiate, you could talk to her. And we do have a very good mentorship program where people who are initiates um, can work with more experienced members to sort of build their own curriculum, you know, create your own major. That's that sounds perfect for me. This person, she sounds like she's definitely somebody that I would want to learn from. I am just so excited about the guild, and I would really, really like to be a part of it. Do you know um, how long does it take to find out? Um, what are the next steps? Um, what should I be thinking about coming up next? <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah. Um, so what happens from here on out is that we, the interviewers will go into the other room, um, share notes, and then we are going to choose three of the people who are here tonight to become full on initiates. Everyone who is not chosen as an initiate, um, has the chance to reapply next month. Uh, same time, same place. The people who do make it, we will be informing you within the next, uh, 15 to 20 minutes. It doesn't usually take us long, uh, long to reach a consensus. And after that, you will be welcome to show up and start your training as early as tomorrow if you want. Fantastic. Well, I I don't have any more questions. Do you have anything else you need from me? I, I just want to give you all the information you need because I've got my fingers and my toes and my eyes crossed on this one. <laughs> um, she was, no, I don't think we have, I think I have everything that I need from you. I'm going to um, end this interview right now and I will go start sharing my notes. And she like stands up and like crosses both of her fingers and this like really cheesy gesture at you. And I like give her the biggest smile ever and like two thumbs up. <laughs> and I'm like, I look, I, I look insane. <laughs> She leaves, the other interviewers leave like within three to five minutes of her leaving uh, on either side. And then there's sort of this like just quiet, tense atmosphere in the room while everyone is waiting for the 15 to 20 minutes to hear back. Um, I think that Vex is probably like leaning against a wall and kind of like rubbing her temples because like it's like at this point, it's like so against her nature that she's just like socially exhausted and she doesn't want it like she doesn't want to great about it. Like she doesn't want it to start coming out of the seam. So she's like trying to calm down. Right. Because because Vex isn't a lone wolf because she's like she can't hack it. She's not a lone wolf because she's like not a good magic practitioner. I don't like people. Yeah. <laughs> Mood. But I think that because like she is like a kind of a loner, like she is spent a lot of time kind of uh, observing people. And so she like can get what she wants, but she doesn't normally go that route because she's just couldn't be bothered usually. She's, she's totally an expert magic practitioner. I mean, she full-time has a portal tied to her armoire. Yeah. So yeah. she, you know, it's kind of like being somebody with, I don't know, nine years of marketing experience trying to get an entry-level position. It's just like you just feel so insulted, but you're still smiling. There you go. Give me one more roll with advantage. Yo, am I going to have to shoot somebody or what? Fuck. Um, okay. That's not good. So... Well, it's like I'm struggling because I wanted to do one more role to represent like that person making the case. But like also if you've you did really well on in the interview portion and you did like high end of average on the other two portions. So I don't know if it makes sense for you to not make it in. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, so what happens is um, they come back out into the room and like the same people who were interviewing you um, go to the individual person um, and like I'm discussing 
the same person who was interviewing each person goes back to them and is discussing the results. And she goes, so we had um, kind of an unusual circumstance that is not something that's happened before where we actually had a tie. Um, if you would still like to apply to be an initiate, you can come back tomorrow and do one more round of testing. And then if you pass that test, uh, we can get you in the program like as soon as tomorrow afternoon or the next day. Oh, wow. Okay. You're sure that there's nothing we can do right now? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Duel? <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I'm obviously joking, but it's like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, want I'm going to murder you. I want this to happen. You do I'm like, a shooter outside the window though. <laughs> I am like willing to put, like, put it all on the line right now if I can. I all right. Know. Roll, um, roll me 2d6 plus mind again. Because like, if somebody comes at you with a sword, I'm going to be compelled to shoot them. Yes. Five. <laughs> plus mind? Yeah. Okay. Roll again with advantage because you've got that for the scene. Uh, 10. <laughs> well, yeah. So she stops and she thinks, but she's like, well, uh, we don't normally do this, but, um, you do seem like an exceptional student. It's just like this particular batch of students has, you know, a couple of good people in it. Mm. Well, this is extremely unusual, but I do see a lot of potential in you. So um, why don't we have you do, can you just do the, um, well, first of all, let me confer with the other elders and make sure that this is okay, but I'm going to put in a good word for you. And she like walks off and talks to one or two people and like, they seem a little resistant at first, but then kind of just like nod and are like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like she was going to be back here to test tomorrow anyways. And so she comes back to you and she's like, okay, so why don't what we have you do is, um, you know, this will be caster's choice. Why don't you just uh, give me the most dramatic and transformative spell that you can think of? This classroom is your stage. And she sort of like steps back. Okay, so I'm going to probably use one of my spells that I have so I don't have to roll for it. Yes, that's what I was thinking. And as far as dramatic goes, one of mine, I think, would be teleport. So I'm like, okay. And I pull out my staff. So I get back and I get in the middle of the room and I, I look at the interviewer and I'm like, what's her name? Give me a name. Skaya. Skaya, uh, would you like something to drink? Uh, yes, I would love a cold glass of water. It's been a long day. And then I slam my staff on the ground. I disappear and I show up next. I go downstairs and I don't know if anybody sees that, but then I, I reappear and I have... A drink for her but I reappear like right next to her instead of back in the same place yeah you say that there's like you disappear there's that noise that's sort of like woof, as all of the air rushes into the space that your body was previously occupying and then you show up on the other side like she kind of like looks around for a minute and by the time she's done looking around you've showed up on her left side whereas you were standing on her right and you're standing there with a cold drink of water and she's like oh well thank you dear uh you know I'll have to confer with the other elders again but I think that'll do it. Um, would and you in my head, I'm like, no fucking shit. <laughs> if you can just, if you want to start training tomorrow, you can show up tomorrow afternoon. Um, this location, the password is alley cat. The password is Wolfsbane. And you will be let in and you can start your training tomorrow afternoon. Otherwise, if you have other matters to attend to, because the training does take up quite a lot of time, you can start training uh, next Monday morning. 
I want to start tomorrow. I cannot wait. Wonderful. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. And she does like one of those handshakes where she like takes your hand in both of hers. You leave and things never got nasty. So Charles has just been sitting over there like checking out his nails, I guess. Typical. How do you, as you leave, how do you signal to Charles that it's time to go? Uh, Well, I think he just sees me go and then I get on my motorcycle and I'm assuming that he's watching me. Yeah, so you circle around the building. Yeah, I probably just go down a couple blocks and he just starts walking the way that he saw me go. Cool, and then you're back at the speakeasy and I'm assuming you share all the information with him. Mm -hmm. Lots of swearing. Oh my fucking God, I just can't. I don't even want to go back there. I'm... Sounds like a real tool. I'm just, I'm just so exhausted dealing with these fucking smiley fucking people. Like, how do people do it? How do people actually talk to other people all the fucking time? It's called social skills. And these assholes had the audacity, the audacity to tell me that I didn't make it outright. I am a powerful fucking wizard. You were undercover, though. I'm not that undercover. Shit. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. You want another drink? Yes. (laughs) Uh, It sounds like there's some person that's involved with this organization that is definitely tied to the Druids. So I got to go back there tomorrow, um, which means I'm going to need a lot of just silence before then to have to deal with these people and figure out who it is and get a name. Awesome. We'll call it a night early. Like, we've done a lot today. I mean, let's have a recap. I was a cat. That's it. (laughs) Well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, you made a really good cat and you found that cloak. Thanks. You know, I flirted with a lot of people. I heard that. It It was disgusting. It was disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. It was gross. Yeah. Well, hey, we make a really good team, though. You know, B team, I don't know, B team, A team. There's only two of us. I mean... Okay, I'm Mr. T. That doesn't exist yet. Anachronism! <laughs> I, Mr. T's the only person in the A-team that I know of, so... Yeah, pretty much me too. There's the mouth. That's from Goonies. <laughs> um, I don't do know the, any the of truffle this. shuffle real quick. Yeah, no, I think we make a good team, hopefully. I'm sorry that no one tried to kill me. I'm sorry that That's you had cool. to be bored. That's cool. But That's I'll boring. let you keep that, that fog egg. Thanks for the fog egg, and I'm going to keep this. Oh, the sniper rifle is Dolores's. i got to give it back to her. Yeah, maybe you can schmooze it out of her. Maybe maybe you can schmooze it out of her, because as we found out in previous encounters, that she doesn't like me. Which is fine. To be fair, I think so far your interactions with her have been you trying to flirt with her and then you walking into the room and trying to kiss her outright. I don't remember that second one, but I don't remember that at all. It did because I remember saying that she stuck her head on his forehead like that childhood bully move. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't my first the doing. That might have been some storytelling that happened to me. Yeah, I don't know. But I hate when that happens though. Like sometimes you're just like walking along and then somebody starts telling your story for you. And then you're suddenly forced to be that person. That's fine. It's extremely meta. All right. So you guys are having this conversation. Camera pulls out. Fade to black. Thank you for listening to Serendipity City. All of our player and cast information is in the show notes, along with the link to our community discord and other social media. Want to get an NPC named after you? In addition to becoming a patron, you can now also be entered into the NPC name lottery by tagging us on Twitter or writing a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts and tweeting a screen cap at us. And don't forget to check out the Patreon to get sneak peeks, behind-the-scenes content, NPCs named after you, or other bonus stuff. We're only $3 away from our first goal, and once we meet that, we'll do a bonus episode of Serendipity City with me as a player, playing Fiasco, which is a really fun game that's very well-suited to the tone of our podcast. 
If you want to see that happen, make sure to take a look at the link in the description and also on our site at serendipitypod.com. Many thanks to patrons like Melody Burton for making it possible for me to spend more time on this. Today we played a combination of The Sprawl by Hamish Cameron and Urban Shadows by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman, with a few things added in here and there from Dungeon World by Sage LaTorre and Adam Pobel. All of these are hacks of Apocalypse World. Sound effects and music were a combination of public domain and free to use, with the full track list in the episode description and battle bards. Our next episode will go up July 10th. If you're enjoying the show, please consider rating and reviewing or telling a friend about us. That's the only way we find new listeners. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. 